When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Abbott Elementary, Season 2, Episode 20, Educator of the Year, and Season 2, Episode 21, Mom, are over, but class is back in session here at Abbott Elementary, a post-show recap. It's me, Chappelle, a black man with a plan, ain't that fly, and I'm happy to finally be back to discuss the most recent two episodes of Abbott Elementary with you, our loyal listeners. And it's been a long spring break, but with me, for the first time in a while, my lovely co-host, Gia Worthy. Gia, how have you been? I have been great, Chappelle. I have just recently been nominated for Teacher's Aid of the Year. So I am Mm -hmm. very excited. You know, I'm very good at my job because, you know, like I'm so good that schools don't need me anymore. They just say, Gia, you don't need to come back. And I don't. And I don't come back. And I just go to the next school. And it's great. Oddly enough, I actually did do award ceremony nominations for the school that I work at this week. So that was actually what I did. And it was very in line with this episode of Abbott Elementary. I picked all the kids that I liked the best, but you know, that's just how it goes. (laughs) Well, I'm glad there's some synergy in your life with Abbott Elementary because it's been a while since we have talked. Um, They did a break, then an episode, then another break, and then an episode. And so since we discussed this every two episodes, it's been like four weeks since it you really and I have ha- talked about it. It's been a month. And yeah. that feels wild to me. And also just because of what my schedule is like at work, I cannot tell you anything that has happened in this past month not related to Abbott Elementary or Survivor. Yeah. 
this is uh, our busy season as educators. And so uh, we, we can relate a lot to the end of a, a, a school semester. Like we got, we got going on here at Abbott. Um, and it's definitely, you know, I've, I've enjoyed the break. I've missed talking about Abbott, but because my schedule has been so wild, dear God, I just, I'm so happy I had a few weeks off, you know? Um, so um, oh now my that God. we're back, we got a lot to talk about. I just remembered I watched a full season of the new Total Drama that came out this season. And like, that feels like ages ago. Oh my God. There was a lot that happened in this past few weeks. And I'm very excited to be back talking about Abbott Elementary specifically. Yeah. And this is our penultimate Abbott Elementary podcast. And then next week, we talk about the finale. Um, the school year is almost over. And I'm already getting kind of sad that we only have these two episodes and one more to talk about because we don't know when we're coming back. I know we got renewed for a third season, but Gia, are we going to take a break into the fall? I I think that it is a break into the fall, but they had a very quick turnover period from the first season and the second season. So I'm a little hopeful that we'll get some Abbott Elementary faster. Mm. I don't know if that's an accurate call, though. Gotcha. And so, yeah, if you've been listening to us, then stay tuned because we're going to try to follow Abbott as much as we can uh, and keep you all, uh, you know, entertained through those breaks. You know, uh, so when, when Abbott comes back, we will be back uh, to talk about it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for subscribing to Abbott Elementary, a post recap. And if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Please go subscribe. Send us some five star reviews and support the podcast so that when season three comes back, we can come back too. Um, a little job security wouldn't hurt, I don't think. So, um, Gia, we have such you have two episodes, two great episodes to talk about. I'm very excited. Uh, and so we will have to get into season uh two, episode 20, educator of the year, right after this ad break. Uh now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, this episode starts with a very serious discussion about android discrimination. Gia, you are in the blue bubble gang, like myself. But do you feel like you discriminate against Android truthers? 
Oh, a hundred percent. And I have Absolutely. no reason to, because I'm on a family plan, so I don't really pay my phone bill, but I have that superiority. That's my one thing that I have going for me in my life that makes me better than other people. So I will continue to discriminate against the green bubble. Look, I stopped making jokes about them a long time ago because I felt like it was all fun and games. But then I get the feeling that Android users are a bit more sensitive about their choice of phone. So I just let everybody rock and do their own thing. But they, yeah, they really do be messing up the group chats. Like, can they just acknowledge that they're messing up the, the group chats? They're really ruining the flow that we have. Like everyone else has a good thing going and you can't just kick out someone. There's an art to it. You can't kick out someone just for having a green bubble. So because of that, because you value those friendships, you have to make fun of them for it until hopefully, like Melissa was trying to do for Jacob, that they will be bullied into getting an iPhone again. Like, it's yeah. just it's just common sense at this point. Um, I love my friends, all of my friends. Like, they are the lights of my life, but it, it's really annoying when I get a separate text that says this person liked me. Oh my God. Yes. yes. It's like its own text instead of to just, just react to it. But it's no, it's like so-and-so uh, reacted haha to your text message. It's very obnoxious. Very. It is. It really is. You're just throwing off the floor. It's listen. I could go, I could do this forever because I really feel strongly about the Green Bubble Gang and what they bring to the table, and it's not much. But, you know, I, again, they're very sensitive, and so I don't want to dwell on that too long because we do have a great episode to talk about. Ava shows up. Gia, she has another camera crew with her, and this is, what, the third time some cameras have walked on this campus within the last year or two? What is Ava doing? All of Ava's responsibility. She is bringing light to the school, and we should thank her for that because it's not every day that underfunded schools like as Ava said the poorest school in America gets to receive a camera crew a shining light on it like Abbott Elementary does mm -hmm. we have Elizabeth Washington from the Philadelphia Board of Education here with the camera crew Channel 6 Action News uh, because you know last time we speculated about what the episode called Educator of the Year could be about. We said one of these people is probably going to get the Educator of the Year, and who might it be? Gia, were you surprised to see that it was Gregory? So once I actually listened to the storyline of the episode, it did make sense, but I'm pretty sure I did not listen back. So I could be wrong when I'm saying this, but I'm pretty sure that when we were originally speculating about who was going to get that award, that we pretty much said everybody but Gregory because he was only a teacher for like not even a full school year yet. Yeah. We talked about all the growth that we saw in Jacob. We talked about Janine even. We've talked about Melissa. I mean, Melissa and Barbara are icons, you know? And so I think I was leaning toward Melissa or Jacob. Uh, but yeah, I don't even think Gregory crossed my mind that much because when I think about the teachers at Abbott that are go going above and beyond and, and really impacting these students, he's one of them, but he's not number one, you know? Yeah, he's just getting into the teacher game. So with our logic, with the information we have from watching the show, it makes so much more sense to have thought that any of those other options would have been the recipients for teacher of the year, educator of the year, I think is what it was called. Mm -hmm. And, but now when we're listening to the actual storyline of it about how this is not a meritocracy award, this is a what is going to look good on paper for this year award. It 
makes perfect sense. And honestly, it probably aligns with public school systems a lot more. Oh, yeah. They're trying to tokenize Gregory here a little bit uh, because we find out that Gregory's the winner of the award and he thinks it's odd. But Barbara says it's about optics. Gregory's win could inspire other young men to want to walk into elementary education and, and choose it mm -hmm. uh, as a career. Gia, did you have any black male elementary school teachers? I did not, actually. Um that I say actually like that's a surprise. No, it wasn't. I yeah. went to a Catholic school. So no, I did not have any black educators during my time there. I think there was one teacher that I had in middle school that was black and she did not like me. But mm. yeah, I know. I know. I mean, like I was I thought I was a good student, so I don't believe I should have received hate, but you know, whatever. You can't please everybody. Yeah, she sounds like the problem. Um, I think she I was, honestly. I don't think I had any black male elementary school teachers either. Um, there was a, I remember black disciplinarians. Oh yeah. There were a ton of like tall, like big black men walking around my school. <laughs> I was in the inner city, but it's just like, they had to have somebody to keep us in line, you know? And yes. it's very weird because I still work in the inner city. Uh, I've gone from living in the inner city to working in the inner city schools and now I'm the big black man that patrols the hallway. <laughs> They're like, Mr. Chappelle, can you step into this? Like, no, that's not my job, <laughs> you know, but. Well, now we that you're actually saying it, my dad, when I was younger, my, now my dad is an assistant principal and athletic director at a high school, right? So he is mm -hmm. like, uh, and it is a majority black school. So, you know, he's with the people he's in a, he's doing the damn thing and we love him for it. But when I was younger, he was that guy. Like he was the guidance counselor slash, uh, he was never a teacher, but he was like guidance counselor slash disciplinarian slash counselor slash all of those things. So it was, there There was definitely, yeah, not saying that obviously those people definitely have positive impacts on students. And it's really important to recognize that they are important. We still haven't met a guidance counselor in Abbott Elementary as well. And I do think that those are important roles to the school. But in terms of like educators, the uh, professionals that you are seeing as a child on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah, I don't remember really. My dad was really the only black educator, black uh, school faculty member that I knew in my life. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about all the black males that I've grown up with being the disciplinarian, you know, the heavy. Yeah. This is like, you know, I, I get it. You know, I understand. I, I hear what you're saying. There's a lot of, uh, you know, like, uh, I think I don't even know if I had that many male teachers in general, just to, and then just to say like black males, right? It definitely was less. Um, but, you know, I think that Barbara's right. You do have to start uh, representation matters. So you do have to start uh, letting people um, work in these positions and highlighting them so that people say, okay, I've seen somebody do it. So now I can do it too. You know, as a, that's the way to, um, to beat imposter syndrome is to see somebody who looks like you doing yeah. it. Cause then you don't feel like an imposter. Well, for Gregory, he's the only black male teacher in this school and, um, he's now being honored. And so he's, he's also not the only black male teacher. in this school. Right. He's definitely Mr. not. Yeah, <laughs> he's the only black one that we care about because uh, he's been beefing with the other black guy. <laughs> that is true. That's true. Why can't they all be friends? Yeah. And then, of course, there's Dr. Johnson, but we'll get to him later on. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, listen, do you know how many classes he subbed? He definitely could have qualified for educator of the year. Definitely. Especially because he has his doctorate, maybe. Um, I, I believe him when he says, you know, he called himself a doctor. I believe it. Yeah, for sure. 
So throughout the episode, uh, none of the other teachers seem remotely jealous or upset about Gregory getting this award. And I thought this was very surprising because they were all very supportive. And that's refreshing because it could have very like been very cliche with all the teachers hating on him and saying like, oh, Gregory just got here. Why did he get it? But I prefer this much more, Gia. Yeah, I was actually very surprised because initially that was what I thought the plot line was going to be, that someone got the award and there was going to be some type of jealousy or like wondering why whatever individual got the award received it, especially once we see that it was Gregory that ended up winning the award. But it seems like everybody except Gregory knew that this was the type of decision that was going to be made. They don't hold the educator of the year award in the same light that we were initially thinking they were going to Mm -hmm. and Gregory is learning with us what this award actually means and where we eventually get to the moral of this episode later down the line is that you know you are not going to get awarded when you feel like you deserve it so like this is something think of it as something that you can work towards to be worthy of receiving this award yeah um that's uh, definitely the the moral of the story right it's like you can't choose when people choose to honor honor you you know so you just have to accept your flowers when they're giving it to you because in education you're not going to get a lot of them all the time you know so the camera crew is all over gregory they want to catch gregory being educator of the year and so when he's helping a student at his desk they even try to get him to do multiple takes do a high five but gregory doesn't appreciate all the attention he's getting he happily shuffles them out the door when they say they've gotten all the footage unfortunately for gregory the crew isn't leaving yet because they have to stick around for the award ceremony at the end of the day gregory is going to be receiving his award from the district and they have chosen everyone's favorite neighborhood italian melissa schmitty to give him this award now this is a curious choice because you and I speculated, like we talked about, that Melissa would be in the running for this award, if not at the top of that list uh, for Educator of the Year, especially because she's teaching two classes as we speak. What did you think about this choice to give Melissa the opportunity to give this award to Gregory? Once again, that was, you know, this, this is a pair that has not interacted as often as some of the other common pairs in Abbott Elementary. But... No one else is surprised by this choice that Melissa is going to be the one presenting him the award. And it almost makes it funnier because obviously Melissa is just going to be riffing off a previous speech that she has made. But Avis is the one that kind of provides the feedback in there that once again, this is about optics. And in Ava's words, they want a white woman to do it because white women have been acting up this year so it does make sense in a way i don't think i would put melissa in the category of like white women that have been acting up this year but i understand what they are saying but melissa has a lot on her plate so while they obviously do not care about that it definitely is contributes to like the we are not really thinking about what is the best fit for this situation we are thinking about what is going to look good on the camera yeah. And Melissa does have a lot on her plate. You know, she's got two two classes that she's dealing with. Um, we see that her aide is no longer with her either. Uh, and she's better than me, Gia, because if I'm dealing with two classes and then you want me to stop what I'm doing to go give an award to somebody who don't even deserve it, I would have been on LinkedIn before they even got to recess. I would have been on my way out of Abbott Elementary. I'm sorry. It's just she has so much going on. And you could tell it's driving her crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
listen, Melissa is a better person than both of us because I would have set the school on fire. So <laughs> she, she is just a much better individual than I am in this situation. And we have to applaud for it. And she is the educator of the year in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, very quick as well because she catches Gregory uh, and Janine kind of flirting as they do from time to time. Um, but she has to get some information from him so that she can present this award to him, give him his accolades, and then get out of there so she can get back to work. But Gregory doesn't have many accolades to share with her. He doesn't even, uh, he doesn't even agree that he deserves the award. So he says he's below average teaching language arts and some kids might like him, kind of. So... Gia, this felt like me as a teacher, not the below average language arts part because that's kind of my bag, but students kind of like me normally. It's like they they fear me and then they, they think I'm interesting to look at. Like, oh, look at him with his Jordans and, you know, like he's, he, look, he dresses like us, but he's, he's 50. You know, that's how they, yeah. they teach me. That's how they treat me. So I don't know. I, I feel like, okay, I got that part. But were you surprised that Gregory doesn't think very highly of his teaching abilities at this point? No, I don't think Gregory ever thinks highly of himself ever, except when he had dreams of becoming a principal because he studied for it. Like this is, this is just Gregory's thing. He does not like the spotlight. He does not like the fact that he's being recognized, especially when he is not prepared to be recognized because he is just starting to be a teacher and really understanding what, goes into the role of a teacher like he is the person that thought he was prepared for being a principal because he went to classes for and has been getting a reality check almost every episode about what it actually means to run a school or own a school if you're Ava Coleman Mm -hmm. he's been in a blender and so he doesn't have much to give Melissa so she decides to just repurpose an old Jalen Hurts tribute post and use that instead so as the ceremony approaches we see everything from a children's choir to a spoken word poem hell Ava even got a laser light show as well um Gia this spoken word it took me out (laughs) there are two moments in this episode that had me screaming, laughing. Mm-hmm. The spoken word poem was the first part of it. And I'll get to the second part in a bit, but like that it was good. Give that kid, what is it? Like a literary award? What would a Pulitzer Prize? Give yes. Him that. yes. Give him some snaps too. Snaps for that kid. Um yeah. <laughs> the off key, did I ever tell you you're my hero was also like a very nice uh I would guess a little dessert to the main entree that was the spoken poem. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We got the choir. We got the poem. Ava's trying to make the best out of this and kind of get Abbott the the publicity that it deserves. I mean, you have this uh, teacher getting honored. Why not make the best of it? And so that's what she does. Um, But, of course, this gives a lot of pressure to Gregory because he eventually confides in Melissa that there's no way he can accept this award. He thinks all the other teachers are more deserving than him. And to his surprise, Melissa agrees wholeheartedly. She tells him not to accept the recognition uh, or not to like decline the recognition because you have to accept it when you can get it. Uh, Because one day he'll be a better teacher and no one's going to be looking at him. They're going to be thinking, you're supposed to be doing this stuff. This is your job. You cannot choose when people acknowledge you. And this is frustrating to hear, Gia, but I don't think she's wrong. Oh, no, absolutely. I think that this makes this episode all the more powerful that it wasn't the standard 
why did you win the award when you clearly don't deserve it? It is acknowledging the fact that, yes, Gregory is learning. He's in definitely a better position than he was last season at this time when he was being a substitute teacher. He's learned a lot. He really wants to work on being the best educator that he can be, but he is not going to be able to pick when he is going to be acknowledged for his credentials. So we might as well get it now and hope that he can become the educator that deserves that award. But when he does that, he probably won't be recognized for it. So, mm-hmm. and this seems to be a lesson that the lack of surprise that we are getting from all of the other cast members this episode shows that this is a lesson that they probably all learned at one point or another that they'll take the recognition when they can get it but they're probably not going to get it in their best moments and now Gregory is learning it and the audience is learning it yeah they don't do it for the recognition so it's clear that they've gotten to just put that to the side that this educator of the year thing it's for show and it's not going to make or break them as educators it's not going to change the way they teach so they just keep grinding you know so when the ceremony begins, the first person receiving an award is Ashley, who no longer even works at Abbott. In fact, we haven't seen her in like four episodes. She's been to two different schools since, um, was it the, was it the, what was she leaving for? It was some, some it chaos. It was the, the Halloween episode she left. The candy, because, yes. Because she didn't react well to chaotic situations, fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've seen her. I feel like we have seen her since then, but in like a small role. But I could mm-hmm. also be wrong. It's been a while. I'll say that. And it so has been a while. She's been bouncing around from school to school since then. Uh, but because the district wants to highlight some Latinx representations, she ends up getting an award as well. So they introduce Italian-American teacher Melissa Schmitty to the stage. And this even feels performative to Jacob. And that's when you know you've gone too far because Jacob lives and breathes performative act- activism. Like it's, it's basically his personality. So for him to be in the crowd rolling his eyes, you know they've gone too far. Ashley saying make Italy proud was also a great moment. It's not the moment yeah. that had me hollering, but it was very close. I got it. There was an out loud chuckle from that. Yeah, Melissa pointing at her when she said it and being like, yeah, I got you. (laughs) That's my favorite part of that moment. Um, But she gives her speech and calls Gregory the offensive player of the year. I mean, I mean, educator of the year and assures everyone that he will lead them to the Super Bowl of learning, whatever that means. So Gregory goes. Yeah, Gregory goes to accept the award and he dedicates it to all the teachers at Abbott who show up every day and give their best. Gia, what did you think about this speech from this quote-unquote wonderful Black man? I need to first say the moment that made me laugh out loud here was Gregory, for some foolish reason, admitting that he's a Ravens fan, immediately followed by Mr. Johnson saying, go to hell. Go to hell, yeah. (laughs) Which, as a Ravens fan and somebody who says go to hell on a daily basis, I I thought of you. Yeah, I I felt like this was a personal attack um, because... I say go. That's like that's my thing. I don't get me wrong. Who am I to stand in the way of Mr. Johnson? If he wants that to to be his phrase, then it's his. But I say it a lot, and I am a Ravens fan, and I'm proud of it. So I guess I got to go to hell then, Mr. Johnson. I don't know. Um, yeah, I definitely laughed out loud at that. It was perfect timing too. Go to it hell. So <laughs> no, not even missing a beat in there. It was so perfect and unexpected at a ceremony like this, but mm. it was. It was perfect. But 
I did really like Gregory's speech. I think it was honest and it was mm. kind of funny to see them like lowering the cameras and bring them up when feel like they were actually getting to a good point but he dedicated the speech to the people that he did feel like deserve this award and in this moment that he's been kind of thrown into that's really the best that he can do because he knows that he is not ready to receive this award I don't think Gregory is really someone that is going to put himself out there when he is not prepared to do so but he wants to dedicate it to the people that have inspired him and let him grow and change as a person. And that's really all he can do here. And I think that it was a really sweet moment in what was an incredibly awkward situation for him. Mm, a part of me felt like he was going to give it to Melissa. You know, a part of me, because she was just going through the whole episode, you know, yeah. you see her having to balance all this stuff. But I'm happy that he did end up acknowledging that, you know, this could have been anybody uh, because they're all out there doing their best. And so he was just the avatar for what it was this time. And they're using him, you know, but he had to make the best of it. Janine goes to congratulate him, but she's interrupted by teacher's aide of the year, Ashley, who has come to tell Gregory that, and this is when I scream that although her and Gregory have always had this, you know, will they, won't they, they're the true Jim and Pam of this show. Um, she only has eyes for Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio, AKA Bad Bunny, um, who was shocked, um, one, at the picture that she clearly photoshopped, but also um, the, the idea that her and Gregory have had a will they, won't they. I don't even know if I've seen them talk to each other. Honestly, I see it. I see you it. You see it? Yeah, it kind of shines through. Now that you mention it. Yeah. <laughs> If you like to the average viewer, then maybe mm -hmm. it's not as obvious. But for the connoisseurs of Abbott Elementary, the legends of viewers, I would say, you know, we know when to pick up those context clues. Mm -hmm. You've been known. You've been noted. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. Uh, elsewhere, Janine is having difficulties with a student named Deshaun who hates geography fair uh but he's also been acting up all school year and although janine has tried talking to him incentivizing him on multiple occasions she's run out of options she has to deploy her secret weapon that no teacher i have ever met looks forward to it's time for a parent teacher conference gia has any of your teachers ever had to have a conference with your parents yes but not for me for my siblings absolutely <laughs> but the one no, no no actually the one time so there was not geography, but close, geometry. When I was in 10th grade, me and my geometry teacher did not get along. And to be fair, he was a dick. However, well, you know, yeah. if he's out there, he knows who he is. Mm -hmm. But he did – that was the one class I ever got kicked out of, and they did a parent-teacher conference for that. And at my, like, middle school, elementary school, they did parent-teacher conferences with everybody, like, once mm. a semester so that people were, you know, just, like, check-ins with their kids and stuff like that, how they're doing in school. But this is the first time in my entire school career that I had ever been, like, like my parents had to go in for me. And they – my parents could not take this man seriously. They were just like, this just – sounds like you just kind of sound like a dick right now so that did happen to me once but thankfully my parents know who I am and were not easily fooled I will say for my siblings however they're like yeah he probably did that so it's mm -hmm. fine okay. but yeah so definitely definitely something that has happened before but as someone that 
has worked in school systems before, worked with kids. Um, I worked at a summer camp before when I was a teenager. Every time, every time I work in some education capacity, my least favorite part of everything is the parents by far. Like you show me the brattiest kid that you can possibly imagine, like the most temperamental, inconsistent, annoying kid. And the parent is 10 times worse and either enabling it or ignoring the behavior and I, or blaming me for the behavior. And I just like literally the least favorite part of any job I have done where I was working with kids has been dealing with parents. Mm-hmm. I have had my fair share of these conferences. Um, I'm shocked. <laughs> and so <laughs> that got me. Um, and so, um, yes, I've had the, you know, the typical just check-ins with the teacher. Um, but I've also had some, uh, some other ones, you know, some, uh, I will, uh, administrative mandated, um, um, pro, uh, conferences. It was okay. I'll tell a story about ninth grade. Um, I remember this vividly because me and my teacher still talk about this to this day. Um, I had decided I wasn't going to do any work, um, that semester. I'm not quite sure why, but I was just not feeling it. You know, I was reading the books and stuff and I really wasn't paying attention in English class. Uh, fast forward to me going to get a degree in English, but we'll get there in just a second. Um, so I'm not doing any work, but I'm getting by cause I know how to pass tests. I don't have to do these like little assignments. All the rest of you peons have to do cause I'm above you and she's not talking to me. She's those assignments are suggested for me and recommended, but they're required for y'all cause y'all ain't me. And I really got away with that for like three semesters because my mom worked a lot. She had two kids. It was just me and her and my brother. And so she really wasn't, she couldn't keep up with me. I, I'm wily and I always have been. So one day she uh, comes across my report card that I hadn't got ready to, I hadn't gotten to dispose quite yet. Um, and uh, she saw the grades. And so I started spinning the lies and this, that, and the other. And then little did I know that my teacher decided, you know what, I should reach out to Brandon's uh, teacher. And I was like, oh, God. Um, and so, uh, yeah, um, I'm sorry, my, my mom. And uh, so I was thinking, okay, it's my word versus her word. The problem is my teacher is like an angel sent from heaven. She's the nicest lady of all time. Um, and I was just ready to throw her under the bus to save my own ass. I'm sorry. I, I love her to death. But she had, if it was going to be one of us, it was going to be her. And so I came into the conference battle ready. You know, I was going to. I got, I got to throw you on the bus, lady. I don't know what assignment you're talking about. You didn't assign those to me. I thought they were recommended. What are you talking about? Um, very quickly, the woman won over my mother, and now it was two mothers yelling at me because uh, my teacher had four kids, I think. My mom had two. So I had the, uh, the strength of two moms coming down on me in one classroom. I had to do all the every assignment that I had skipped that semester in order to pass. Uh, and I was in AP. I was in AP, uh, pre-AP, like English or whatever. So I've just been coasting. So, gee, my smart ass thought, you know what I'm going to do instead? I'm just going to go to regular English next year. I'm going <laughs> to slide out of here. Um, <laughs> so I lasted about a year. Almost a whole year before the counselor came and got me, like the big black man enforcer guy came and got me out of my classroom and I, in 10th grade, grabbed me by the shoulder and said, we need to come down and get a schedule change. But um, yeah, that first that first high school, you know, uh, parent-teacher conference, it got me in line. It wasn't my first one and it wasn't my last. So I've been in this situation a few times myself. Um, but my mom was a lot more forgiving than Cassandra ends up being later on, Jim. 
Oh yeah. Uh yeah. I think that the the best parents are open to feedback about their kid. Not necessarily because of anything that they did wrong. Like there are so many reasons why kids may be doing what they're not supposed to be doing, but I think you should be open to the fact that maybe your kid isn't going to be uh, well-behaved all the time. I can't stand a not my son would never, my daughter would never type of parent. Those are the worst. Oh, my God. I have a couple. I could name drop right now, but, you know, like (laughs) they're probably not listening, but just in case, just in case. Uh, Now that you're saying it, I actually did have an administrative meeting one time, but that was in college. Oh, yeah. Yes. I I avoided that in college. I definitely did. I Okay, let's just move on. We can yeah. just move on. Well, I will say before before we move on, I just need to say it was not my fault. Yeah, okay. I was defending I, I myself. You. Yes. I I believe every word you say, okay? Thank so, you. you don't have to convince me. Um, so this has gotten so out of hand that Janine has to move up this conference, which was scheduled for last week, but now she's run out of options, so she needs to schedule it for today. She gets Ava's blessing, and within the same day, Cassandra, who is Deshaun's mother, shows up for the meeting, um, and she is obviously very annoyed to be there. For one, she had to pick somebody at the last minute to pick up her shift, uh, and it's, you know, short notice. That's pretty annoying. She had to leave work, uh, so, you know, she has reasons to be irritated, but Janine tells her how Deshaun's behavior has been disruptive all year, and it's getting worse. Um, and this is a contrast to some of the conversations we've seen Gia had with other parents, right? We've seen the other Abbott parents um, really be more active in their kids' education when it comes to these conferences with the teacher. The teacher says something, and the, the parent a lot of times will take it into consideration. We've seen some parents don't. You know, they just be like, oh, nope, not my kid. And they, uh, you know, he can read. It's fine. I, you know, there's no issue here. Um But here, Cassandra shows us the other side of that, right? That sometimes parents are not open to having that conversation. She tells Janine that if this is the best she can do as a teacher, then she is the worst teacher that she has ever seen. Now, a more seasoned teacher wouldn't flinch at these comments, but we know Janine isn't built like that. This broke her, and the look on Quinta Brunson's face, Gio, she was completely devastated. Chappelle, next episode included, I have never wanted to square up with a character more <laughs> than that. That the actress is phenomenal, but yes. I it is on site if I say because I am just going to relate her to the character too well. It was it was so aggravating to watch. It's a very talented woman, obviously, but like it is on site. Yeah, she's awful. She's awful. Um, I'm sure there are reasons why she reacts like this. Obviously, nobody likes to hear that their kid is a troublemaker. A lot of parents have told me in the past, like, my child spends eight hours with you a day. So if you're, if y'all, if they're bad, then you're the problem. It's like, okay, well, what about the other hours that they spend with you? Are you not undoing it? Are we just that powerful that we can control your kid um, and change their behavior? It's like, why don't we look at this holistically? But that's not a conversation you could have with a, uh, like an angry parent all the time. Sometimes you just have to say the words and do the best that you can do. Uh, and that's something Janine finds out here the hard way because next thing you know, she's in her office crying. Uh, Gregory goes to console her, but like me, you really have to outsource that to somebody else a little bit more empathetic. I'm more like a, Hey, stop crying type. And you know, you kind of need somebody to meet you halfway on this one. So he takes her to Barbara and, um, Janine ends up telling her the story about how she did everything she could and how Cassandra told her that she's the worst teacher ever. And Barbara tells her to dust herself off and come back to work and do her job. Cause even teachers as seasoned as Barbara has had 
problems that are too difficult to solve in one school year. This cheers Janine up. So Barbara hands her a tissue and uh, she also gives her, her an iGal worksheet that we haven't really talked about yet, but Barbara made sure to get that signature on there too. Um, iGal standing for inter intergenerational active listening. Um, I think this fits into that category, Gia. I oh, it definitely does. This is honestly her, Barbara's monthly office hours should also be counting to these uh, continuing education credits, which is the C plot of this episode. Right. Well, let's just go ahead and get into it. So Barbara's been served with a court summons, which is really a cease and desist for Ava, who has started camping supply business using the name Coleman Camping Supplies, which is already taken. And, you know, she's basically getting sued. Uh, so Ava gives Barbara her correct paperwork that states that Barbara must get caught up on her continuing education requirements. Every five years, every school teacher must take these courses in order to be um, to maintain their license as mandated by the school district. But Barbara thinks it's preposterous that she has to do this. If Barbara doesn't complete the courses, she will lose her teaching license and be out on the street, Ava says. Um, why can't she be more like Educator of the Year? <laughs> <laughs> Gregory? I yeah. am with Barbara on this. This is really stupid. But I understand why they do it. Mm -hmm. But it still seems very dumb to me, especially for someone like Barbara. Just, you know, they just you already did school. Why are you are working at a school? Why do you have to do more school? Fair questions. Fair question. Uh, Barbara goes to Jacob for assistance signing into the continuing education classes and finding a course of interest. There's nodding and praising, which, of course, we know she loves uh, meeting under duress getting out the mud and uh, facilitating a reading type or what is called fart. Um, but Jacob and Barbara end up landing on iGal, the intergenerational active listening that we were just talking about. And honestly, I hear you, Gia, but this does sound like something Barbara could probably use because I found that a lot of teachers are still teaching like when they started teaching the first time and um, things have evolved. Um, yes. we, you know, uh, verbiage has changed that we are a lot more accepting of things that weren't accepted in the past. And uh, we're a lot more open-minded to things that we don't know. And so I don't mind them doing a continuing education class for something like this, as long as it moves that person forward in their career. There's no point in making like, what was it? Nodding and praising. Really? That's, that's <laughs> the course. That seems like a waste of time. Um, but this sounds like it could help Barbara. Yeah, but it was like, but like one class to like enrich the more seasoned teachers every five years seems more do like let these courses just happen as they come, you know, yes. like making them do a certain amount of continuing education. Like you're already underpaying them. They're yeah. already paying off like, I don't know about Barbara, but a lot of them are be paying off some student loans because Amen. everything they did for a teacher, I'm paying off student loans. So maybe Same. I'm just leading some of my own life into <laughs> their struggles with all of that right now. And it just doesn't like, why are you giving them more work to do? I'm sure they're not getting paid to do this. Yeah. They're not, they're not getting paid to do this at all, but you know, they just throwing another thing at the teachers who are already overworked and underpaid. Um, but again, I think Barbara could benefit from this class, especially because it's taught by none other than Dr. Johnson dead ass. Um, and, you know, that's the end of the episode. I mean, we basically see that Dr. Johnson uh, and his aide, um, Ashley, are teaching this class. 
I have very, I have a lot of questions about uh, Ashley's uh, participation in this, but I have no questions about Dr. Johnson's. If he says he's a doctor, so be it. This is arguably the duo. Like we have not really seen them as a duo and probably won't see them very much. It seems like Ashley is going to be more of a uh, every once in a while type of character. Um, maybe once a, once a season as we're moving forward, but also I feel like I need to take this class now. I think I would really enjoy mm -hmm. this class. And also I do not trust anyone else with such important material. Deadass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much more of Ashley we see, but seeing her with Dr. Johnson, it just made sense a little bit here. Um, so that's it. That's for the first episode. Gia. Any overarching opinions about the episode? What did you think? This was very unexpected from what I thought the episode was going to be like. And honestly, though, it was even better than what I was expecting it to be. It had a lot of really funny moments. All three plot lines had something great to contribute to it, even though, like, again, it was, you know, I was in my feelings for a little bit of it. But I really enjoyed it. It was a really nice episode to bring El Abbott Elementary back into my watching schedule for the next three episodes. So it was it was great all around. Yeah, and we had the good moment with Janine and Barbara, and Barbara kind of taking like that work mom role in that episode. And so it's only fitting that after the break, we're going to get into my most anticipated episode of the season, episode 21, titled Mom, right after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The episode starts with Jacob doing magic tricks. Not black girl magic, but, you know, close-up magic. Um, and um, for some of the students uh, and Ava, it's very entertaining. Melissa is a lot more skeptical. But throughout this episode, we do see that Jacob might have some skills. Um, however, Memorial Day is upon them. And the teachers have plans. Janice is going to go on a girl's trip. I'm sorry, a girl trip by herself. Um, and it'll be just her and her metaphorical passport on a trip to Maryland, which, okay, I don't think you need any of that, but that's fine. Um, she thinks this trip will give, uh, you know, the teachers a reason to make fun of her because she's going by herself, but they're very supportive of her taking time for herself. Personally, Gia, I love a solo vacation, especially one where I ain't got to do nothing. I love a solo trip. I don't, I don't do a ton of them myself because I'm little and, like, easily kidnappable, but... 
Some places, like I love going to Boston. I'm actually planning on going to Boston for the RHAP, or not RHAP, sorry, the Bryson Wendell uh, live Survivor watch party. And that's mm-hmm. going to be my little girl trip there. And I'm very excited for it. But trips like that are very exciting. They're very nice. They also, as Janine said, that it gives you the opportunity to really just enjoy your own company. And honestly, there is nothing worse than staying in a hotel room with someone that snores. So it is just Mm. really nice not to have that problem. And if you snore, then like it's your snoring. So then you don't have to worry about it. Right. But for the rest of us, hey, cut it out. You know, um, but uh, Gia... I would definitely come. Listen, if you're ever in the same area for one of these events again, I'll be your bodyguard because I'm not small or easy, easily kidnappable. I'm very loud and tall. Yes. And so uh, we, I think we'll be okay. Um, yes. Oh, but like, we, you know, like we are going, we're just manifesting. We are going to New Orleans at some point. It's just going to happen. And then that'll be our girl and boy trip. Yeah. We're, oh, we're going to have a good time. Y'all stay it's tuned for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming soon. Um, so, Janine's plan is a three-star hotel that has the confidence of a four-star hotel, and she's thinking about booking a massage. Uh, Ava, however, only goes to five-star hotels, GM. There are six when she walks in, though. Amen. I was like, hey, you said that, okay? So Barbara tells Janine that she's proud of her. You know, this is a big moment for her. She got this confidence to do this, and we know this is exactly the kind of reinforcement Janine has been craving. But oddly enough, she's missed a call from her mom, who she hasn't been able to get a hold of for a while. Initially, she shrugs it off, but while teaching her class, she's distracted by the sound of footsteps. Gia, it's like it's like Jaws, that movie, like dun 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 dun. Like Janine can hear the music getting louder and louder until finally her mom is at the door of the classroom. Her mom, who's played by none other than the Academy Award nominated actress Taraji P. Henson. Gia, what did you think about Taraji as the choice to play Janine's mom? I am so happy we have Taraji in the Abbott Elementary Cinematic Universe. This is just, we are starting to get a very well-rounded group of cast members here and guest stars. And I feel like it's only going to go upward from here. But this, we have been speculating since season one about Janine's mom. And she is finally here. In many ways, I am not surprised by anything that we have seen this episode however i loved every minute of taraji even if her character is beyond frustrating yes and we're gonna get into that as well um i love this scene because i too can hear my mom from a mile away uh it is a skill that i learned I, maybe it's like a single mom thing like if you like because i know janine was raised by just her mom and I, I was raised by just my mom for the most part uh but like it's like that being like it's like a like a subliminal kind of like underlying tone that you know because it's it's the only like real source of uh of authority in your life that's consistent so it's like when it's coming around you just know it i could feel like my skin crawling you know like when i, I like my spidey senses are tingling when my mom's around i can hear her keys i know what her keys sound like i know what her feet sound like when she's walking it's just the thing and as a kid who was getting a lot of parent teacher conferences yeah Sometimes she would show up at the school and I too would have this moment, except I wasn't a teacher. I was more like a student dreading the moment she walks in and uh, asked me to come out of the classroom so that she could talk to me um, amongst other things. That's the worst. Yeah. Amongst other things for sure. So I related to this so much. Uh, We get Vanetta, Auntie Vanetta, as she calls herself, not Grandma Vanetta uh, or Grandma Teagues for that matter, AKA Janine's mom. 
Um, and she's here because she obviously just missed Janine's call and she wanted, she, you know, she called back, she didn't pick up. So she just had to pull up to check on her. So this woman screams shenanigans from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Everything she said, I don't trust none of it. We know from how much Janine has alluded to about her mom that she might have an ulterior motive and she plays by her own rules, which Janine says it's tough playing Uno with her mom growing up. Were you a big Uno player? Oh my God, our family is very big Uno players. Uh, Chappelle, do you, when you do like draw twos, do you stack, can you stack draw two, or like when you get a draw two, do you put a draw two on top of the draw two? Are you able to counteract the draw two to make it a draw four? Uh, Gia, this is one of my more, more problematic takes. I, I will say this, and I say it with my whole chest, and I, I said what I said. Um, I play Uno by the rules that are in the book. So when you play your draw two, your turn is over. You can play one card. That's why it's called Uno. No, don't no. stack. Don't throw me no extra cards. Don't two, four, six, eight me. Don't I, if no, you no. keep that draw two on, I I can put a draw two, but I'm still got to draw two. Like it's not my turn anymore. Once I draw two, that's not how the game works. You get one turn. Okay, no, because I am against stacking cards, right? Like yeah. if I have two draw twos, I cannot put both draw twos on there. However, uh-huh. if I put down a draw two and the person next to me that is supposed to draw two also has a draw two, they could put that on top of it and make the person next to them mm-hmm. draw four. See, no, see, that was the shenanigans I'm talking about. This is why I don't play Uno with black folk because, <laughs> <laughs> because the rules, listen, I, I, like I said, this is one of my problematic beliefs. I will stand on this hill. I'll die on it. Um, I just like the, the rules. It makes everything so simple. I sit down to play Uno and everybody starts telling me their house rules. Like, okay, you can stack, you can go and you can uh you can put three reverses on top of each other, reverse it back to you, reverse it back to you, reverse it like why? Why? Why do you want to pass me a draw four, draw eight, draw six, you know, like 12, 16? I don't want to do none of that. I don't need to have the whole stack. And you only draw one card. If you don't have a card, you draw one card and then your turn is over. I don't keep pulling until I get a card that I can play. Stop making up rules. Mm-mm. Sick of it. Uno doesn't know how to play their own game. <laughs> the Uno Twitter account backed me up one time. They said, look, it's called Uno because you play one card. And I and I live by that. Okay. That is what that is that is gonna be on my on my tombstone when the Uno truthers uh come and kill me. <laughs> um, it's like he only wanted to play one card. Um Uno so, yeah. means one. Uno That's means it. one. That's all I was going to say. So, so next, what I'm hearing is next RHAP live event, we will also be playing Uno. That will be part of the itinerary. No, because this is going to be me yelling at everybody for playing more than one card. <laughs> it's called Uno. So anyway, uh, listen, if you are listening to this and you don't believe me, check the rule book. I know you're probably rolling your eyes like, who knows the rules? I know the rules. Stop it. Stop the shenanigans. Um, so Janine tells her mom that she's taking a trip to the Princess Royale, which she's been waiting on um, to take her whole life. Her mom tells her, first of all, her mom points out that she's been several times, uh, but Janine just has it going, which is weird behavior from a mom, but this is Janine's mom we're talking about. Uh, and she tells her that she's got this new work from home job because what does she look like going into an office? And truer words have never been spoken. So she's loving her new job, but she does have a small problem that she has a $639.17 phone bill, which is past due. So Janine, hearing that her mom is phoneless and concerned, um, she's not dumb. She knows that there's a possibility that her mom just came here to get the money, but you can tell she's trying to smile through it. Her mom is a master manipulator, Gia, but it looks like even though Janine knows she could possibly be manipulated in this moment, she still loves her mom enough to, you know, entertain it. Yeah, it's 
it's sad because we know this means that Janina has gone through this several times. And mm. it, I think that like us as the viewers, we know what this random mention of her phone bill means and like why she is here. We have seen this. We've all seen the Fresh Prince episode. We have all like seen this situation play out way too many times in sitcoms. We, some of us have lived this situation, not me, but other people. And mm. You know, this is something that we are, many of us are definitely aware of. You can definitely pick up on the warning signs of it. And we know that this is kind of where things are going. And it's only amplified by the fact that Janine is taking this really big step in her life and going on a solo trip. And Mm -hmm. she has saved up money to do this thing for herself. And now, even though she knows that this is why her mom is here... This is like she might be sacrificing her trip to help her mom with her phone bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Barbara's concerned about that because this is Vanetta's first visit to the school, and it coincidentally falls on the same day her phone got turned off, which is very suspicious. Um, Ava finally realizes that she, you know, knows Vanetta as well. We see Ava and Vanetta first interact when, and Ava tries to throw a little shade at Janine, but uh, the way Vanetta. Gave her that look like, oh, no, I might be able to scam my daughter, but nobody can talk trash about her. She put Ava in her place very quickly because Ava knows how to identify somebody who could beat her ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is why she has never gotten her ass beat before. Exactly. Undefeated, currently. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, basically, we have uh, Ava in a situation where she recognizes Vanetta from dancing on the tables in the club. And they're just kind of trying to paint a whole picture of, of who Vanetta is. Um, she's a scammer. You know, the whole thing is giving Barbara ve- uh, bad vibes. But Melissa says nothing good can come from meddling in family business. Barbara, however, cannot let that go. She just knows Vanetta is here for the money. So she approaches her in the teacher's lounge, which one, Vanetta should not be in the teacher's lounge. But two, she's also stuffing random items into her purse very quickly uh, when Barbara walks in. Um, And so Barbara kind of goes to her and says, you know, uh, very proud of Janine. She's taking a big step. And, you know, Vanetta's very proud of her, too. Uh, she's very, very eager to tell her, like, oh, yeah, she graduated from Penn and all that good stuff. Um, but Barbara keeps pushing the issue about the money. She's kind of just like, you know, I heard about this phone bill. Vanetta gets defensive in this moment and says, you know, you need to stay out of my business. And it gets very tense. Um, but she just gently says that she's worried that Janine might not treat herself to her vacation if her mom uh, if she ends up paying her mom's bill. And Vanetta does not like this at all. Gia, she even mentions that um, Janine and Tariq are still living together and they're splitting the bills. This is the biggest red flag of them all, Gia. Mm-hmm, because they have not been together in a very long time and Janine's mom, Vanetta, has no idea that any of this happened. Mm-hmm. And we know that uh, Tariq is a true feminist, so he actually lets Janine pay for everything. She, there yeah. was no point worth splitting the bills, Vanetta. So you kind of got to grow up. You're, you're a little, uh, uh, you know, you're not a little tapped in, or you're not as tapped in as you think you are, you know? So mm-hmm. Janine overhears everything. She sees the entire exchange between Barbara and Vanetta, and she even sees the part where Barbara offers to pay the bill herself before, uh, before they actually notice that she's in the room. But you can tell by the look on Janine's face that she's fed up. Vanetta recounts the events that really don't sound anything like Barbara. Like her side of the story was like, you know, Barbara let that North Philly come out and she tried to square up with her. Um, 
streets not really are, the Barbara I know. Streets are saying Barbara Howard squared up. And honestly, like, that is the story that I'm going with. But it's mm-hmm. justified. Yeah. Look, Barbara is from North Philly. If she had to step out, then she had to step out. Um, so Janine is all over it. She's done. She's going to call the phone company and set up a payment plan for her mom and also give her mom money for the first two payments, but she's still going to keep enough to go on this vacation. Vanetta takes the offer and the two exchange, like, I love yous. And they, the I love you part is very sincere. It's like the moments where she has loving moments with Janine, you can tell the facade goes away. And it's just the two of them looking at each other like, this is my mom, this is my daughter. Um, like when Ava was throwing shade at her, like when she's uh, in this moment telling her that she loves her. Um, and it's it's a very complicated relationship, you know? It's like, it's kind of akin to the Melissa and her sister relationship, you know, uh, where, yeah, they're at odds, but there are moments where you can see that that connection is there. They're still, you know, family and it's not easy to throw that away. And so um, that's my favorite part about when they pick an actress as good as Taraji, right? Mm-hmm. She can do both those things at the same time and make it believable for me. Yeah. And the difference between Melissa and Krista Marie is that they're sisters. So this type of uh, like virtue. Uh, vitriol that they have mm-hmm. with each other like they love each other but they also really hate each other at some times like that is a little more acceptable they're both very combative individuals uh, they both come from like their family is from what we have heard from Melissa's stories very uh, it, I would say flawed maybe very in your face individuals as well nothing wrong with that it happens but It's different when you have that relationship with a sibling, which still comes with its own issues. And when this is your parent, and in Janine's case, um, I'm assuming her only parent that is in her life, that this is someone that a parent, you need them to be an authority figure, someone that can comfort you, but also be a provider, a protector for you when you are young and hopefully bring you up to be the a self-sufficient adult that you become. And for several reasons, that doesn't always happen. But Jan- uh, while it's very clear that Janine and Vanetta love each other and care for each other very much, Vanetta is just not the mom that, Jan- that Janine needed. And she is a very flawed individual, sometimes, many times to the expense of Janine, not just financially, but that emotional support that she needed. Like the fact that she does not know that Janine and Tariq are not together anymore. The fact that she is not really keeping track of this. The fact that she is not, she didn't talk to her daughter for six months. We even saw Janine making attempts to reach out to her and contact her. The fact that even though she knows that Janine is planning to go on this trip, she is choosing to prioritize her financial situation over what Janine has really wanted for herself. It's just a lot of red flags. And despite all of that, there is still a lot of love for each other. And I really like how Janine summarizes it at the end that she loves her mother, but that's her mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I love my mom, but she's a, she's a lot. She's a lot. She's a lot of mom, you know? And, uh, but that's the mom I got and I love her. So I'm going to, I'm going to do what I got to do here. And so, Janine sent, um, you know, um, her massage money basically to her mom and she still plans on treating herself to the vacation. And this is very, uh, like pleasing to Barbara, uh, because Barbara is her work mom and, uh, she wanted to see Janine happy. So 
Barbara eventually springs into action and does the mom thing. She's trying to make sure Janine is ready for a trip. She says Ross is having a sale on something uh, like swim cover-ups, and she grabs her purse to take Janine shopping. And now, you know, this is the thing that Janine wanted from the beginning. She's always kind of known that her mom was her mom, but she's always looked at Barbara as, like, mom number two, you know? Yeah. This is the work mom that she wants in her life, and it now seems that they are starting to get more into that relationship mm, i think season one barbara does not take janine shopping you know barbara no. and melissa talk about how janine needs to shop and then they go shopping without her um i think this is more you know they, i think they finally bonded in the way they needed to they are finally and you know we've seen that barbara also doesn't always have the best relationship with her daughter as well definitely not to the same capacity that janine has a relationship with her mother but it's it's definitely complicated, but also it does seem that like they are both growing on each other and maybe Barbara unknowingly is becoming more comfortable with the idea of being Janine's work mom who clearly needs someone like a Barbara Howard in her life. Yeah, um, and this is two episodes in a row where Barbara comes through for Janine. Obviously, she cheers her up in the first episode and now this. So um, I'm kind of liking this pair moving forward. Let's see what happens. Uh, we got one more episode, of course. Um, and then... Gregory, um, his storyline is very simple. He's trying to find sliced almonds for his plain oatmeal, uh, but he can't. So Jacob has a hookup with his friend, Shanae, who works in the cafeteria. The two of them have inside jokes, and you can tell they, they laugh. I love a coworker like that. Like, I don't got to work with you closely, but I know when I see you, it's, it's all fun and games, you know? And so, um, yeah, they have inside jokes, and, uh, you know, maybe – not as many Caucasian references as Shanae would like. She, like she would like him to, you know, kind of hold back on some of those things. Um, I think he said he's busier than Phillips and that yes. took her out of the game. You know, um, I don't know if busy Phillips is like a household name in black households, but Shanae definitely did not know who she was probably. And so she called it a ca Caucasian reference and I'll, I'll take that. Um, so she asked what she can get for Jacob from the kitchen. And when Jacob says they need sliced almonds for Gregory specifically, her whole demeanor changed. Gia, it's very strange. It's 709, and they stopped serving almonds at 708. Can't be helped. I'm sorry. That's the policy. Kitchen's closed. What are you going to do? Um, mm -hmm. So it's clear that Shanae is not here for Gregory. Sensing some tension between Gregory and Shanae, Jacob offers Gregory a foolproof plan to win her over. Uh, Gregory would rather just, you know, avoid her altogether. Melissa ends up hearing this and tells Gregory that if you want to be a principal, you have to be able to shoot the breeze. You have to be able to work a room, talk to people, uh, and just make conversation. You don't have to like everybody, but you do have to be able to lead as a part of the group, you know? And so... Um, we didn't see Melissa do her best Regina George impression by uh, complimenting someone's teal sweater that even though she thinks the sweater is ugly, you know, she still is able to do that. Um, does Melissa have a point here, though? Should, should Gregory be able to make small talk like this? And should she be calling that girl's uh, sweater ugly? Uh, I mean, yes, for the second one. But <laughs> also... it She has a point here, especially when we see later, you know, like our... Lord, our savior, the mm -hmm. our reason for this podcast, Ava Coleman, does breeze through a room so effortlessly as she is known to do. Mm -hmm. But 
these are some of the kind of skills that you're going to need in a leadership position, in any leadership position, but to be an effective leader. And I think this is, again, another thing that Gregory has to learn that he's not going to be learning in principal school. Whatever training mm-hmm. he had, it would, does not cover the art of small talk, but to be a recognized leader on school grounds on a college campus you have to be somebody that can have a conversation with anyone and in any position and also be able to just have these bonds with people and with Gregory it doesn't come as naturally as Ava but there still has to be a way for him to do it and unfortunately for Gregory you know small talk is not always easy but he has to have a way to get out of his comfort zone yeah, Ava's a master at working the room. She shows him how it's done. She effortlessly talks to everybody in the cafeteria, including Sinead. She's like, girl, give me a cookie. And Sinead's like, okay. You know, uh, so you just see that Ava charisma that everybody can't have. I'm sorry. I, uh, Gregory, we expect a lot of a lot from you, but I'm not going to give you that burden. Everybody can't be Ava. Um, but Gregory says he too can work a room. Um, he tries to shoot the breeze, but it's very awkward. Uh, it doesn't go well. So eventually he gives up on small talk and tries to move toward regular talk because he hears that Sinead is an Orioles fan. Now, this makes me very happy because we just saw Gregory got told to go to hell for being a Ravens fan. Um, he's an Orioles fan and none of my business. I'm an Astros fan. That's none of my business. So you do that, go to hell if you want to, but this is Sinead's thing. She likes the Orioles too. And now they bond. He has something to talk about. Sports just bringing people together. I love the sports, Gia. It's, it's, this is my thing. You know, you find the sport that somebody else likes, and you both like the sport. You like the same team. It's instant bonding material, Gia. Just like baseball. Yeah. Sport, listen, sports does have that power. It's not necessarily my thing, but I am. I do really like baseball. I have a soft spot for baseball in general. I am a Yankees fan, so I think that everyone would be telling me to go to hell in, <laughs> in, this, in this Philadelphia school, But which is fair, honestly. Like, I kind of deserve it. But this would definitely, like, I, I get it here. Like, there are things, there are small things that bring people together and maybe some of the things that you were initially trying to bond over are not the things that you should be looking to, but just the things that come naturally, like Gregory knowing the score of the Orioles game or knowing, you know, what was happening with it. I would not go that far. I do not know like many people involved in baseball, but you know, that's what worked for him. And it wasn't something that he had to try for, like come up with on his own. That's just something that came naturally. So maybe Gregory's art of small talk is different than Ava's art of small talk. Yeah. Some people got it and some people don't. And Ava has it. Gregory don't, but he has to learn it. You know, it's a skill that's going to be necessary for him. And this Sinead thing is like one big step in the right direction. Um, So, um, yeah. The episode is almost over at this point. We see that Gregory, um, like, this this really impresses Jacob, who then tries to impress Gregory by bending spoons with his mind. And although I forgot that the magic thing was a storyline at the beginning, it looks like Melissa, who was very skeptical, is now a believer. Because I think she just saw Jacob bend those spoons with his uh, telekinesis. Um, yeah. Is that, is, that, is, that called, is that considered magic? Is that I believe it. Ability? I believe yeah, I believe it. I believe yeah. it. I think that, you know, Jacob, if, if anyone's going to have telekinesis here, maybe Jacob wouldn't be my first choice, but he seems like a reasonable choice here. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like Mr. Johnson would be my first choice, obviously. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. And then I guess Jacobs is like top five or something. I don't know. But top five. Top five out of seven. Yeah. Top five out of seven. That's that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, I doubt we get to see any more magic coming from Jacob, and we definitely don't get any more from this episode because it's over. Gia, we've met. We've met Janine's mom. It happened. How you feel? Oh my god, it was it was everything I expected and more, and it just tied everything together. I. I would not go as far to say that this is going to be the only time we see Janine's mom. I think that we probably will get to see her again at some point in the future. But I really, I really enjoyed it. I like this episode. I think that it it was putting a lot of the questions that we had together and really connecting some of the dots that we didn't quite know yet. So I'm very happy that we got this episode, but I am ready to look Towards the future, specifically the finale where we get to talk about the field trip episode, which I love the field trip episode in the first season where they went to the Philadelphia Zoo. And now we are going to get to see them go to, I think it was the Smithsonian or, or no, no, it was the, um, the Institute of Science, whatever they have over at Philly. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I did not know we were going on another field trip. So this is news to me. I'm very excited to hear that. Um, yeah, I love Taraji here. I She's a big name. She's such a big name. But I mean, so are many of these actors and actresses. Honestly, I know Quinta Brunson just looks around sometimes and thinks, like, how did I end up in the room with all these legends? Like, she's a legend too now. But dear God, I would be so overwhelmed by just the sheer star power of many of these actors and actresses that she's around. So I would be looking forward to see Taraji come back later on. But we know her MO is it, you know, um, she's not going to be around that much. So yeah. something to look forward to potentially. And we also get to look forward to the finale. We've come this far, Gia, and we are about to wrap up season two of Abbott Elementary. Gia, we've gone through 21 episodes together. How do you feel? Oh my God. I feel great. This was yeah. such a great season. I mean, I would have loved if we were able to cover season one as well, but mm-hmm. we kind of did in like smaller ways beforehand, just talking about it in general. But I really love this season. I was drawn to Abbott Elementary immediately with the first season. And as we are getting to the second season, worried that like, okay, is the second season with double the episodes going to live up to the hype of how much I love the show from the first season. And I think it exceeded all expectations. And it's just been so fun. It's been so great. We have gotten such great storylines throughout the season. And I'm very excited to see what else is in store for them, not just in the finale, but in future seasons as well. Yeah, we've gone through a breakup. We've gone through uh, a couple relationships at this point. We've gone through uh, the club scene. We've done some will they, won't they. We've done some will they, and they did. Uh, We've done a lot of these things this season. We've seen other charter schools. We've seen siblings show up. We've seen moms show up. Abbott threw everything at us this season, and it was great. I loved every second of it, and this was so much fun talking to you about Abbott Elementary uh, up to this point, but we only have one episode left. Until then, Gia. Tell the people where they can find you, what you're working on. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ClassicallyGia for all of my reality TV shenanigans. And, of course, speaking of Twitter, please follow the Survivor Diversity Campaign at Surf Diversity. That's at S-U-R-V Diversity. 
Recently, I said I watched a new total drama season that was recently aired, uh, not in the U.S., so I won't share any more on that. But I loved it, so I was very excited about it. And prior to that, uh, Isaiah and I ranked every single total drama player prior to the new season and it was a lot of fun so please make sure to check that out also on silent podcast i'm doing the regular uh season recap of survivor 44 on i don't know about that so please take a time to listen to that also i'm doing my regular season recaps on inside survivor with christine palin those should be coming out very soon and i feel like there was something else but I can't remember. So I'm going to say that that is it. That's great. Uh, y'all, again, I say this every time. Make sure you follow Gia. She's doing such good work over there with Survivor's Diversity Campaign. And uh, she's does a great follow. I actually heard that you were shaking down people from another country to watch a cartoon, Gia. Um, can you confirm yes. or deny those allegations? I can confirm it. And honestly, like, Italy did not deliver. They really gatekeeped a whole show. Where in <laughs> the U.S., like, we drop seasons immediately. And I'm not saying, like, U.S. got a lot to work on. But, like, getting links to seasons to the people, we do that shit immediately. And they were gatekeeping that shit like a family uh, sauce recipe. So it was just not – it was not it. hmm Italy, we watching you. Uh, mm-hmm. But, Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I'm glad you got your season. I, I, like I said, I heard some good things and some bad things about your shenanigans trying to get those links, but I'm happy it worked out for you. It did. Uh, it did. <laughs> as far as as far as I go, I'm here on Post Show Recaps doing a lot of work, honestly, uh, covering Grey's Anatomy every month with Ariel on our podcast series called Grey's Anatomy's Anatomy. Follow the Post Show Recaps main feed to get some of that. Uh, I am slowly getting closer to the end of bel-air uh season two so bel-air and post show recaps are uh hosted by myself and puya on post show recaps is um you know pushing through these last few episodes so check that out if you're a fan of bel-air if you're a fan of snowfall we have literally one more episode of snowfall left snowfall and abbott ending at the same exact time oh my god what am i gonna do so Follow Snowfall um, content for us uh, on the PSR Connect uh, or, you know, the Connect on Poster Recaps. However you search it, you'll find us. Uh, and then, you know, keep up with what we're doing over there. Throw us some five-star reviews. Uh, also on the Connect, we talked about Swarm. Uh, it, I, I, I am speechless. It's an incredible show. If you watch Swarm and you thought, this isn't, this isn't my bag, go listen to the podcast. We'll help you get you know, like really tapped into it because it was such a good time. Latanya and Mari hosted. I joined them for the finale coverage, and it was amazing. So check that out on The Connect as well. Um, and I think that's about it at, uh, for me. Uh, I did some Survivor coverage last week, a little Big Brother stuff here and there. So, you know, you can follow me on Rob Has a Podcast for that. And uh, on Nothing But Netflix, uh, we talked about Beef this week. Uh, which is the number one show on Netflix. It is incredible, but, you know, uh, some problematic people in that one as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you don't want to support Beef, you ain't got to. But if you decide to listen to the podcast, check it out. Uh, We had a good time talking about it on Nothing But Netflix on Run The Ride has a podcast network. So, Gia, that's about it. It's a wrap. We're about to wrap up everything here. Uh, follow Gia at Classically Gia. Follow me at Chappelle's underscore show. And until next time, when we return to talk about the last field trip episode of the season. Peace.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.